Welcome to the Whole Life Healing Podcast with Dr. Alexander Lloyd, best-selling author and founder of the Revolutionary Healing Codes Technique. Each week, Dr. Alex shares principles and methods from psychology, energy medicine, natural medicine, and spirituality to help you reduce stress, heal emotional and physical issues, and remove the barriers that hold you back from happiness and success. Join us as we learn to live our happiest, healthiest, and most successful lives. Here's Dr. Alex. Hi, Dr. Alex here. If you like the show today or any day, I would love it if you took about 10 seconds to go to iTunes and leave a review for the show. I've been doing this for about 14 years now, and I spend hundreds of hours every year in preparation and recording the show. And if you like it, if it's worth your time, if you think it might benefit others, I would love it if you could leave a review to recommend to your friends or just recommend it to your friends that could benefit from listening to the show. Thank you so very much. Since we are going to be talking about issues of health and well-being, we wanted to make sure that you understand that this information is not intended to cure or heal anything. Everything in the presentations is the opinion of Alex Lloyd. You should always check with a licensed healthcare provider about any specific health concern you may have. This is a new thing. Um, so, whoo, little weird. I've been building to this for about, probably about 16, 17 years. Hi, I'm Dr. Alex Lloyd, and welcome to The New Jesus. Uh, this is where we left off last week, and I've left everything the way it was. Um, we're going to review very briefly, then we're going to move on to, okay, if, if you figure out where you are, then how do you start to have change? And of course, the number one to me is get right with God. Okay, if you need to repent, confess, ask for forgiveness, write a letter to someone, pick up the phone and call someone, if you need to give something back that you stole, if you need to tell someone the truth, um, then do it. All right, get right with God. That's first. All right, now if you're in a place spiritually where you feel like, man, I just don't think I can get right with God right right now. I'm confused. I feel like my prayers aren't getting past the ceiling. Um, there's some things I would feel like I'd have to do that I'm not ready to do yet. Okay, okay. Don't, don't panic. Then go through the process some, but as soon as you feel you're ready to get right with God, you've got to do that because there's no substitute for that. And I don't believe anything will work if you're not right with God through Jesus Christ, all right? But anyway, here's where we left off. So uh, I'm going to review just a little bit, and um, I uh, wrote some things down right just a few minutes ago to remind myself so that I wouldn't have to keep writing on the whiteboard and erasing, okay? Um, 
But I'm assuming as you're listening to me, um, you're thinking about something in your life where you feel like you're failing or you feel like you're just kind of stuck in neutral and you can't maneuver, you can't, you're stuck, all right? And some of you maybe who feel unstuck but would like to go to that next level of your life or would like your life to be the best it possibly can be as opposed to getting through the day with a lot of struggle and and things like that, okay? Um, so wherever you are is okay. Remember, you can get anywhere from anywhere, all right? So it doesn't matter if you're on, if you're here, if you're here, doesn't matter. You can still get here and to the end destination of the high road, which is love, joy, pain, and peace from anywhere. But let's, let's review briefly. The problem is with people who try to change things in their life, including believers, there's a 97% failure rate at doing that. There's a 99% relapse on virtually every negative addiction or habit. And this is based on science, uh, great research going back 50, 75 years. According to the FBI, everybody lies and nobody changes with very few exceptions. And we can use a stress test to determine if someone is telling a lie or not because there's such a one-to-one -one correlation there. When you lie, it spikes your stress, just like uh, pushing a button to turn on the lights in the room. All right, you lie, spike stress, and, and it's even more than lie. If you say something that you believe is not completely true, it spikes your stress. Okay, if you violate your conscience, it spikes your stress. Okay, and I consider all of those to sort of be to sort of uh, being dishonest with yourself. You feel in your gut or your heart that X is the truth, but because it's a lot of trouble to change or because you're afraid or for whatever reason, um, you're not going to do that. All right? Uh, I, I'm, I, I'm not great here, but I'm okay. Okay? That sounds like a lot of work. Or you have a fear of success or a fear of failure, which is holding you back. And both of them will do that. All right. But anyway, so that's the... That's the problem. Uh, uh, um, according to Harvard and Stanford, wonderful research done on their campuses by various doctors, uh, what you want is possible. Happiness equals love, full stop. All right? Direct one-to-one -one correlation, period. Don't need to talk about anything else. Uh, Stanford, it's all about your beliefs. 100% of your health, 100% of your illness and disease is about belief. Your cells are impervious to disease if you do not have a wrong belief that's causing them to close and go into stress mode. You can't get sick unless you were to like drink a bottle of rat poison or something. Of course, you know, something like that, yeah. But outside of something like that, you can't get sick. The only way you get sick is wrong beliefs. The only way you have chronic negative thoughts, emotions, feelings, wrong beliefs. The only way you keep not doing what you want to do 
and doing what you don't want to do, as Paul says in Romans 7, wrong belief. Okay? And Scripture backs that up everywhere, all over the place. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. He who believes, for him who believes, nothing will be impossible. Believe and you will be saved. There is no condemnation for those who love, believe, are called to God's purpose. Okay? Abraham justified by his belief, not because of his actions. All right? Um, so, we've got a big problem. It's very difficult to get from here to there. All right? Well, but it is possible based on the research, based on Scripture too. Okay? And belief is 100% of the issue. And it's not about choosing a belief. It's about what belief is true. And simply believing what is true, okay? And we're also going to talk today about you can't turn belief into a work. That messes it up, okay? You have to find the whole truth as close as you can, meditate and pray on it every day, and then one day you will discover yourself believing a new truth and you will have a new inward state which will allow you to love and experience happiness. Um, but the problem, the thing that is messing us up with all of this is willpower and expectation. Both from research at Harvard. All right, For the last 75-80 years, the, the success formula plan for the self-help industry, the psychological community, um, uh, religion, and most ministry. I mean, it, it, it's everywhere. It's three steps. Number one, decide what you want. Number two, develop a plan to get it. Revise the plan as needed. And number three, with your willpower, never give up until you have achieved it. All right? And that sounds right, doesn't it? It makes sense. It's the way everything works. It's the way the stimulus-response, action-reaction system of planet Earth and the universe works. That's how it works. And that's how it worked when I was a kid. Want an ice cream cone? Number one. Number two, develop a plan to get an ice cream cone. When I'm five years old and the goodie wagon comes around the neighborhood, go to mom. Hey, mom. Can I have a nickel for an ice cream cone? Mom, no. Ah, revised plan is needed. Mom, if I clean my room, can I have a nickel for an ice cream cone? Ah, Alex, if you'll clean your room and the playroom, yes, I'll give you a nickel for an ice cream cone. Alex, done. I get the nickel, get my ice cream cone. Success. All right? Right? That's how you grew up too. The problem is, once we get to the age of accountability, the age of reason and logic, uh, it's different for different people. Six is about the youngest I've ever seen it. Twelve is about the oldest. All right? But once we get to that place, we're supposed to quit living that way by that three-step blueprint and start living by what is right what is true, what is win-win-win with no losers for everybody concerned, what is love-based, 
uh, in the present moment what is in harmony with my conscience, what is best and right, as best I can tell. Not what end result do I want and let me manipulate circumstances to get the end result that I want. No. That's a blueprint for failure. Why? Because expectations are a happiness killer. And that three-step blueprint, the first two steps are expectation and the third one is um, willpower. So it would be hard to come up with a better blueprint for failure than the um, blueprint we've had for success not only in the church but outside of the church in self-help psychology, etc. Okay? And it goes against God's plan. The focus of the three-step blueprint for success is the future and an end result. Okay? And saying, I want this end result and then I am going to do whatever I need to do to make that happen. Alright? Scripture says, hey, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will have enough worry of its own. Focus here. We're only supposed to focus in the past to learn or heal something and in the future to see, you know, the direction that we're going but give that end result all the time up to God. Okay? So that's the blue that's God's blueprint for success. Focus be right with him, focus in the present in love with whatever I'm doing give up the end results. They're a desire but not a goal. So you give them up to God and then just take one step after another in the direction of my desire but all the time giving it up to God and my focus, my only goal ever is to do the next 30 minutes in love as best I can. I'll never do it right. I'll mess up all the time. I mess up more than anybody. That's okay. The mess ups are built in, right? He knew we couldn't do it right. So he knew me, he loved me, and he paid my price and for you all before the foundations of the world. Okay? So the point was never guilt or sin or innocence and a little bit of why we're there. Now, the diagnostic to see where you are, and I would... I would um, I would put all of these on a minus 10 to plus 10 scale and plot each one of them. Okay? So let's go through these. Um, number one, the genie question. All right? The genie question. Did you answer it a physical or external circumstance or an inward state? Okay? And if it's a physical or external circumstance, how strong do you feel that would be your wish? The stronger you feel it would be your wish, the more to the negative it goes. Okay? Um, if your wish is almost 50-50 of a physical or external circumstance or an inward state, then you're farther toward the plus. If, if your answer was an inward state, then you're somewhere over here. 
how much depends on how adamant you would be that your answer is the inward state, not an external circumstance. Okay? Hope that makes sense. Um, okay. Um, the, uh, another one. Love A versus love B. Okay. A or B. All right. Are you living in, if I do good, I get good. If I do bad, I get bad. Or are you living in, if I do good, I get good. If I do bad, I still get good long term because I'm living under grace and on the high road. All right. So that's the second one. Third one, uh, 1 Corinthians 13. Uh, love is slow to anger. Love keeps no account of wrongs. Love suffers all things. I would go through each one of those and their opposites and see where you are on each one, minus 10 to plus 10, and plot that. But then I would also plot an overall general an overall general spot uh, on your master scale. All right. Then I would go to the fruit of the Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. I would take each of those and their opposites, all right, plot them on a fruits of the Spirit scale, but then overall take all of the fruits and where do they go? Here. All right. Maybe that one's over here. Okay, then anger. Uh, when you don't get your way about something, do you experience something in the anger family? Anger, irritation, frustration, resentment, bitterness, or is it just disappointment? And then you're disappointed for a little bit, but then bounce back pretty quickly, and let's go on. Okay, so another one would be, where are you when you don't get your way? And is that something in the anger family or extreme anxiety? Um, my true you test, I would highly recommend. And it even gives you a numeric minus 10 to plus 10, plus a numeric on every single issue. It, it, it looks at 144 separate internal, unconscious, ancestral issues and gives you a z 0 to 10 for each issue. So, I would, if you get a chance, do the true you and see where you score. Um, ah, another one. Authentic kindness. Authentic kindness that you don't have to make an effort for. It just comes out. It's your default. It's how you are. And the kindness is not for them to like you or for you to get anything back, even a thank you. No. Authentic kindness is you... It really doesn't even cross your mind whether you get anything back. You're kind, and that's just it. It comes from your heart. It's honest. You're not acting one way out here, but really thinking something negative in here. No, no, no. Authentic kindness is also a measure of where you are overall. Um, peace 
In fact, I call this whole thing your um, peace compass. All right? But peace versus anxiety or fear needs to go somewhere. Okay? Um, and let's see. Ah! Uh, another one. When you are thinking of doing something that you believe is wrong for you to do. Are you tempted to do it? Or do you just do it? Temptation. The word temptation means to lure from one place to another. If you are not tempted, no, if you are tempted, it's evidence you are not there because you can't be lured to where you already are. So if you're tempted before you do a wrong thing, it's proof that you're saved and not already there. If you're already there, you're not tempted, you just do it. Really with no internal discussion, dialogue, negatives or anything, you just do it as you're accustomed to doing it. Usually over time and it builds into a habit and an addiction and all that. So another one is temptation. Alright? And that may be the last one. Oh, no. Your um, conscience. Last one. Where is your conscience? Okay. So, I would say you can use any one of these if you're way more comfortable with one than the other. Okay? But I would do all of them and, 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 plant, and plot a master where, are, where am I scale for yourself. And did I put peace on here? Yeah, there, yeah, there it did. Okay. okay, so that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. That is ten diagnostics to tell you where you are, okay? And, um, and, and plus, those of you who enjoy this kind of thing, I think will have a ball with this because as you move forward, these things will bounce all over the place and change, all right? And it's always exciting when your kindness goes up to two notches or your Genie question now, you are positive and at peace that if you had that one wish, it would be for the inward state. When you look at 1 Corinthians 13, it sounds like how you feel inside, all right? Rather than, oh man, no, I, I keep a record of everything forever. I get angry very easily. I get really mad when I have to suffer because of someone else, okay? So each one of these is a diagnostic unto itself and all of them, I believe, work together to give you a very holistic view of where you are and what needs to change, all right? This tells you you got a real problem because instead of being kind to people, which is the natural default of an inward state of love, 
you're being irritable with people. Well, that doesn't come from love. That comes from fear internally. Okay? And any and all of these can be affected by many different issues, but you can also have an overall for each of them as well. Okay? So um, that's how to get where you are. Exactly. Your starting place right now. We know where we want to get. Your best life possible and the high road. Okay? So this is your GPS, however you fill this out at home, of where you are. Alright, so once you know where you are, how are you going to get change? I mean 97% don't change. How are you going to change? 99% relapse. How are you not going to relapse? Everybody lies. How are you going to live in truth? Both telling the truth and in harmony with yourself and your conscience and what you believe is right. Okay? So how are you going to do it? Alright, let me outline something else. Um, and this will work with any problem you can have. So in the middle, let's put the issue. Okay? And this is a belief. Okay? Alright? Now, let me use uh, let me use me and hope. Okay? Um, when hope kicked me out of the house and said, I, I cannot stand to live with you another day, and I left, she wanted a divorce, blah, 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 all of that. Okay? When that happened, my guess is on the kindness scale, I was at about zero. On anger, I was way over here. On the um, love A versus love B, I was love A. Do bad, get bad. On the genie question, it had been millions of dollars or a physical or external circumstance pretty far over here. 1 Corinthians 13, I, I, I would say I believed it, but I was not living it. Hope and I went in for uh, counseling. And I had a five-page, single-space list of how our problems were all her fault. And she had one that was how pro that the problems were all my fault. Alright? So, we were for sure violating 1 Corinthians 13, keep no record of wrongs. I was there because I was suffering and I didn't want to be. Alright? And I was angry because she kept messing up my pain-pleasure paradigm. Okay? So, 1 Corinthians 13 would have been way over here. Fruits of the Spirit, same thing, way over here. Even though I would say I'm trying to do that, but wasn't. Uh, my peace scale, way over here, I was in extreme anxiety. My conscience, I was in violation of my conscience. I was um, doing all kinds of private internal sin that no one knew about. Lust was one of the big ones for me. Not being completely honest, uh, which is a lie, was another big one for me. Okay? And, and several others. Uh, um, vain imagination, Scripture calls it, which is imagining me being somebody really important or being really rich or something like that. Okay? So, at that point, when Hope kicked me out of the house, 
that's where these things were for me. Temptation, I was tempted. So that was probably at least at zero. Um, okay. So you would do that on whatever belief issue you're going to work on starting this week, I hope. All right. Now, what were all possible um, sub-beliefs or, or facts or information about this situation with me and Hope? Okay. One of them was sex. Okay? I was a virgin when Hope and I got married. Uh, that was a big deal to me. Um, I would say I got married at least to a significant extent, not 100%, but to a significant extent for sex. And especially for sex with a gorgeous young lady, which Hope was. Beauty queen, uh, all that kind of stuff. All right? Um, so my belief was that sex was an inherent right of mine scripturally. Do not withhold yourself from each other except for a time of prayer. Okay? All right? And man, I, I could have had sex ten times a day. All right? But remember, Hope was depressed, which messed up all her chemicals and hormones and everything like that. She just didn't have the desire. And, and sometimes a medication she was on would greatly affect her libido and, and, and stuff like that. It wasn't her fault at all. In fact, she hated that part of it. She knew the Bible scripture too. And when she got married, she was thinking sex would be a big part of it too. Okay? But... Uh, Anyway, I believed that was like a, a right I had. Okay, well, was there another truth about sex related to me and hope? Absolutely, I just said it. Okay, and it's that drugs, depression, me being not the funnest person in the world to live with, and a number of others, all right? So would these, you might say, extenuating circumstances have any effect on this in truth and reality? Yes, absolutely. But at the time, all I really cared about was I wasn't getting what I wanted and it made me angry, and then the anger led to other things. Okay? All right. Well, what else is involved? Um, I would say another one is that my relationship with Hope at that time was not what it needed to be to the point that Hope... did not trust me. Okay? And I believe in the fruits of the Spirit, trust is most related to the reproductive system and sexuality. Alright? Well, she didn't trust me. Okay? And I probably wouldn't have trusted me either if I were her. So, 
with that trust issue, which was mainly on my side, affect our relationship to the negative where Hope would not feel comfortable giving herself to me in the most vulnerable way. You better believe it, but I never factored that in at that time. Okay? Another, another thing about this. I believed a lie just about how I, Alex, worked. Okay? I didn't understand all this about these things that can interfere and the 97% failure rate, 99% relapse rate, and expectations and willpower are uh, success killers or failure guarantors kind of thing. I didn't have a clue about any of that. Okay? So I was believing lies about what this was supposed to be, which was basically like I'm a king on a throne and anytime I want sex and, 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 and more than that, even sex in a certain way, whether she was completely comfortable with it or not, that's what I wanted to have happen and, and had an expectation that would happen. All right? So I was believing lies related to this issue with me and Hope that was affecting that. Okay? Um, what else? Um, Hope and I were both under big time stress. Her from the depression and uh, us being dirt poor. Me from us being dirt poor and her depression and for me, lack of sex, and some other fun things. I basically quit doing things with my friends. That's another one. I quit doing things with my friends. Uh, I remember I was going to play basketball one night, a regular Tuesday night game that I'd played in for years, and Hope was depressed. And I remember her falling on her knees and grabbing me around the leg, <clears throat> legs and begging me, please don't go, please don't go, please don't go. I, I can't be alone tonight. And, and it was a real dilemma for me. I love these guys. I'd grown up with them. Uh, some of them since, you know, kindergarten. All right? And we had a lot of fun and they were expecting me to be there. It was a certain number of people, so it would be X number against X number, and that would be even, okay? Um, but I ended up pretty much giving up my friends while Hope was depressed because uh, she needed me, all right? Well, was I at peace with that? No, I was angry about it. I not kindness. Uh, I went against um, 1 Corinthians 13, love. So I was acting in selfishness, went against the fruits of the Spirit, went against peace, um, you name it, all right? Um, what other issues? Um, money, I already put, I talked about it a little bit. Okay, money. Um, we had just gotten married. So, we were in a new situation that I'm not sure either one of us was prepared for 
or ready for, okay? Uh, and then also, we, there were some health issues, okay? Uh, I had acid reflux um, and migraine headaches. Hope had depression and a bunch of allergy stuff and some other stuff. Um, we had some in-law stressors, okay? Uh, I would say from both both sides, from my side and from her side, okay? Um, and one of the biggest ones was expectation. Before we got married, how we both had expected that it was going to be. And that was not anywhere close to the way it actually was, okay? And there might be two or three others, okay? But here's what I would recommend. I'd recommend you do the same thing at home with whatever belief issue you're wanting to work on to get your life better. And I would start with whichever one is causing the biggest problem. And for that, just go to what is the biggest problem you have in your life. And guaranteed, there'll be a wrong belief somewhere related to that. If it's causing you stress, anxiety, anger, you know, all the... If it's, if it's pegging the diagnostics over in this direction, okay, then you've got a wrong belief. Guaranteed. Alright? I would rate each of these on a on a minus 10 to plus 10 or a 0 to 10, whichever you're most comfortable with. Um, let's go with 0 to 10 right now. 10 being the worst. So this one would be like minus 9. This one would be minus 8. This one minus 6. This one minus 9. This one minus 4. Um, this one minus 8. This one, um, maybe plus two. Um, this one, maybe plus one. This one, minus three. This one was bigger, minus seven. This one, minus eight. This one was huge, minus nine plus. Um, okay. Then I would also put the biggest negative emotion or negative thought. So, on this one, mine would probably be unfair. On this one, unfair. On this one, um, I'm going to put she's wrong. That's what I kept thinking and saying. She felt like she couldn't trust me. I thought, well, you can absolutely trust me. I love you. Said it 10 times a day. Didn't even know what love was. All right? Um, on health, fear. I thought I was going to have cancer of the esophagus. She thought she was going to get cancer. Um, let's see. Uh, the lie over here. I was believing lies. Um... That's, I want. I want what I want. Okay, seek pleasure, avoid pain. In-laws, unfair again. 
stress is probably expectation. Um, okay, you get the idea. All right. If you want to average all of these and put it on the minus 10 to plus 10, that's cool. If you do that, you'll have to use a minus 10 to plus 10 to rate, not a 0 to 10. But um, that, that can be good information and a good visual to look at. All right. Then, what, would, what do you do to actually start fixing this stuff? That's where I want to go now. Okay. The first one is you got to get right with God. I already said that today. If you need to repent, confess, just pour it out, okay? You don't have to have a priest, okay? The veil of the temple was torn in two when Jesus died. We now have direct access to God. We have direct access to the Holy of Holies. We have direct access to Jesus. The mystery of the ages is that Jesus and I are one. I'm in him, seated with him in the heavenlies. He's here in me now, okay? Um... So, I've got to get make sure I'm right with God. Pour it all out. Even if you prayed about it ten times, pray about it again. Get it all out uh, in hope of a new start. Okay. Once you feel like you've done that and you're right with God as best you can, you may not feel right with God, but if you've repented, confessed, if your intention is to truly live in love, to be pleasing and obedient to God, etc., then I would say you are saved. If that's what you've done with a clear heart and you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, etc., whether you feel it or not, I believe you're saved because that's what Scripture says. All right. The second thing I would do is every day, whatever you're working on, and, and the example here is the problems between me and Hope uh, when she kicked me out of the house and we almost got divorced back in our 20s, all right? Every day, a few times a day, I would take this out, whether it's on a piece of paper, on a board, on your iPad, on your phone, I don't care. But wherever you can look at this, a few times a day, the one you're working on, and I would pray and meditate over the entire belief paradigm that's in your heart, which should be what's on the board. And, and, and this would pretty accurately reflect the belief paradigm I had at that time in my life with hope. All right? And if I were to actually plot this, I guaranteed it would be over here somewhere, probably minus seven, minus eight. Way too negative for psychological adaptation to make okay. Okay? All right? So every day I would meditate and pray over this. Okay? I do not try to look at this and analytically with your logic and left brain come to a conclusion about what your belief needs to be. No, don't do that. That's part of how you got in the mess you're in. That's the three-step blueprint for success. Decide what you want, develop a plan to get it, put the plan into action with your willpower until you get it. All right, And, and that leads to failure. 
based on scientific research. It, it, we're, the way we're built, it has to lead to failure. Okay? So no, don't try to make anything happen. Don't turn this into a work. Simply pray and meditate over it every day. Okay? And, and my prayer, if I were going to pray over this, it might be something like this. Dear Father, uh, thank you so much for loving me. Thank you so much for your wonderful, miraculous, miracle plan of love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for paying for my sin. Uh, thank you for loving me and choosing me. Father, I'm struggling with my issue with, with hope. Okay, I, I believe I have some wrong beliefs related to me and hope because me and hope are going really bad right now. She's kicked me out of the house, wants a divorce. I'm angry, frustrated, depressed about everything I can name negative. I feel that. All right? So please, I know I've got a wrong belief somewhere. Please change this. Please um, transform my current wrong beliefs into your truthful beliefs, which would be 1 Corinthians 13, the fruits of the Spirit, your conscience, uh, your, your peace compass, um, uh, authentic kindness with no effort. When something happens you don't like, you don't jump to anger, disappointment for a little bit, and then please transform these to your truth, your thoughts about this, your feelings about this and your truth about this. Let me, let me, uh, that's the Isaiah passage. Let me wait on you and exchange my strength for yours. And I believe that's also my thoughts, emotions, and beliefs for your truth. For God, it's not a belief, it's a truth. It's just the way it is. For me, it's a belief. All right. Okay. So every day, I'm praying and meditating. Father, I believe I have a wrong view of sex. Uh, I feel this is unfair. I feel this is a right of mine as a husband. And she is keeping me from that and doesn't know how painful it is for me. I believe it's unfair for me to leave my friends. Uh, I know she's struggling, but everybody struggles. And these are my friends. Why should I have to leave my friends? But, but... I know I've got a wrong thing there because everything in my life is failing. I feel terrible. I'm having these headaches. I'm, and I go through all of them. All right? I, this is a new situation. I feel like I'm not handling it right or I don't understand something correctly. Uh, our in-laws are causing a problem. How much of that is me and my expectation and wanting to have my way and not taking their constructive criticism, or even if it's not constructive. My job is to take it right no matter how they give it. Alright? And I don't believe I'm doing that. Uh, Father, my stress is way up there. Minus eight, minus nine. I don't know how much longer we can go before something will break. Uh, these money issues are strangling us. Help us to be able to get to a place at peace, whether we have a lot or a, or a little. And if you want to uh, give us some more money, that would be appreciated. But your will be done, not mine. Um, we're having these health problems. Please help those. Um, she doesn't trust me, and I don't know what I've done, but somehow help 
her to trust me and help me to be worthy of her trust. So I just pray through the issue, all the other connected beliefs related to it that I can think of. And if I think of one in two days or two weeks and I'm still working on this, I go back and, and add them. Okay? Um, so that I've always got a complete chart. And then I'm going to keep this chart forever because I may have an issue here again and it will be helpful to go back to remind me of where I was on that issue 20 years ago or whatever and then start from there. Okay? But I want to keep meditating and praying over this every day, not once a day, kind of like brushing my teeth except not two or three times a day after meals, six or eight times a day. But it could, it could be for one minute, okay? And then I put it back away and go about my work again, okay? But I'm constantly kind of in a state of meditation and prayer over this issue and taking all of these things from over here to over here. But I know I can't do it in my strength and power. I can't do it in my willpower. Right? God knew that before the foundation of the world. He knew I couldn't do it right. That's why Jesus was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. And the reason Jesus died is because God loved me and chose me. Knowing all of this stuff about me before I was ever even born and loving me anyway and deciding anyway to go through the pain that was the hardest thing possible for him for my sake and and to be in relationship with me boy does that ever vault me up on the important meter that god was willing to go through everything he went through knowing this because he loved me and wanted to be in relationship with me for eternity okay so i meditate and pray over all this not trying to change anything just praying and meditating and giving it to God every single time. Father, your will be done. You know what I want, but your will be done. All right? There will come a time, with some people it's the first day. With some people it's a few months, although a few months is very unusual. It's, it's usually either days or a couple of weeks. But at some point, if you do that, you will discover yourself believing a different belief. You will discover that this sex thing has gone from minus nine to plus three. That this unfairness related to my friends has gone from minus six to plus two. The trust has gone from minus nine to maybe zero. The fear that related to health has gone from minus four to plus six. And, and on and on and on. You will discover yourself believing. It will be sort of an aha. Oh, wow. That's changed. That's not a minus nine anymore. Wow. 
Yeah, yeah, I remember feeling that minus nine. But boy, it sure doesn't feel like that now. I think that's more of about a plus three. Wow, thank you, Father. Appreciate it. And, and, And keep meditating and praying until pretty much all of these peripheral beliefs have shifted to the positive of the scale as well as the overarching main belief issue you were working on, which in this case was me and hope. So each of these should have moved over, but then the main one, when I think of me and hope and how we are, just that one thing, it's moved way way over on the scale and is still getting more and more positive. Alright? But this does not happen if you make changing your beliefs a work done by your left brain analytical reasoning brain. It won't happen. It'll backfire. That's that's the three plan street three step blueprint for success that is really a blueprint for failure. And you will end up um, not getting what you want. You will end up with maybe these seem better for a while because you're trying so hard to change it that it that number does change more positive for a while, but then it goes right back because it really wasn't changed in your heart. It was just changed in your conscious mind, okay? Your heart wasn't letting that go because um, it doesn't listen to you, all right? its, Its deal is to keep you physically alive unless or until you commit for life to real love in the present moment no matter what end result. And if you ever do that, then your unconscious mind will let go of the safety features. It will release the safety features. It will release all these negative things. And it will start to give you positive thoughts, emotions, actions, and behavior, hormones, chemicals, automatically. Okay? If you ever truly choose love in the present moment as best you can, right relationship with God, end results to God, and I'm living this way for the rest of my life no matter what happens. More pain, I'm still living this way. Less pleasure, I'm still living this way and fully committed. Nothing will get me off this high road. In actuality, you will fall off the road, but then you can get back up because it's all been paid for. Okay. So you pray and meditate over this until you discover yourself believing until you discover your beliefs have changed. Okay? And then you may still need to work on it some more if they're not far enough over here. Or if you go to some of these measures and you say, "Ah, I still have that anger thing." Or I still have that keeping track of wrongs done me. Or I've still got an issue here in the anger family when things don't go my way. That's cool. Just 
include those as part of that prayer and meditation. Father, I've got a real problem with this genie thing. No matter how I think about it, I know I would wish for $500 million if I had that choice. I don't think I can change that by my willpower. Please change it for me. Help me with it. Okay? Um, so that's how I believe it will work and work consistently. You pray and meditate over it until you aha discover your beliefs have changed, discover yourself believing a new positive love-based belief. Okay, and you keep going until you get there. And these have changed and this has changed. Okay? Alright. Now, I want to teach you one other way that you can do that same thing. Well, actually I won't say the same thing because what we're asking for here is your unconscious mind and healing mechanisms that God built to do their job and for God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit to miraculously intervene and change my heart and heal my heart. Give me a new heart. Give me the righteousness of Christ. Give me the mind of Christ. Help me think about these things. What is true, lovely, excellent, worthy of praise. Focus on what is unseen because what is unseen is eternal. What is seen is temporary. Okay. Um, this way, I'm about to teach you, is a strictly mechanical way to address this. And I would not do one or the other. I would do both. Okay? Um, you may not know my story. Um, Hope and I got married in 1986. She was depressed. We went through 12 years of hell. I went back to graduate school to become an expert in depression. It wasn't a career move. Uh, because we had tried everything and nothing helped, okay? I came across a, a scripture about six years into that 12 years that was Solomon 3,000 years ago saying, guard your heart above everything else for from it flows all the issues of life, okay? And I went to scholars who said that would, in what Solomon is saying there, that would include depression, that would include cancer, that would include heart disease, it would include your job, it would include relationships, it would, it would include anything, all right, that, that um, you would qualify as a problem, okay? Solomon is saying that comes from the spiritual heart, and reverse engineering would say that's where you have to heal it if you're going to be rid of it completely for life, okay? Um, so I started searching and praying for a tool to heal issues in the heart, which I believe are memories. Because uh, Southwestern University Medical School and Medical Center released a major research a number of years ago that was headline news all over the world saying that cancer, heart disease, basically every illness or disease you can name comes from your memories. Okay? And multiple memories make up a belief. Alright? So this is sort of the, um, the Lego blocks that make up a belief. The memories are the, le or, or the individual blocks 
that you put together in different ways to make different things. You put your memories together in different ways, or your mind does, to create beliefs. And then on the basis of those beliefs, you think, feel, do, chemicals, hormones, all of that. Okay, so 12 years after starting that search and um, out of graduate school, doing counseling therapy, private practice, you know, that kind of thing, PhD in psychology, doctorate in natural medicine, um, I was uh, about to get on an airplane from Los Angeles to Nashville and Hope called me and I picked up the phone, I was in the airport and she couldn't talk, literally couldn't talk. Um, I knew exactly what was happening. She was having a major horrible depressive episode which she'd had before but it had been a long long time. She was sitting on the floor hardwood floor in the corner of the bedroom with the door locked with a blanket pulled over her head in a nightgown weeping. And she'd been there all night long. She was paralyzed and couldn't move and couldn't speak. Okay. And it just absolutely crushed me. It broke my heart. I started praying for her, telling her how much I loved her. We're never going to give up. We're going to find the solution. Together, I, I know we're going to have a wonderful future, blah, 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 blah. This was after we were back together and doing great. Um, I got on the plane, plane took off, and I um, got on my knees on the plane. And, and I, I was in coach, never been in uh, first class in my life. Well, in coach, you know how close those rows of chairs are. I mean, I had to turn sideways and it was still painful to get on my knees on the airplane, but just something about it, I needed to be on my knees. And man, I just went very intensely praying, Father, I'm not there with her, but you are. Please help her. And I had a, I don't know what to call it still, a vision, a download, um, something. And it was a healing system. And I knew immediately, this is for hope. This is to help heal her issues of the heart that Solomon called, talked about that is causing her depression. So for the next three hours, I wrote as fast as I could. Ran out of paper, my hand was cramping, writing on the back of things, but got it down, okay? Um, the plane touches down, I called Hope. Um, was so excited, said, honey, I've got this new thing that God gave me on the plane. I believe it's going to heal your depression. She didn't think much of that at all. She had heard it several times before, although nothing had ever happened to me like this before. But she had heard many times, hey, let's try this. I found this. Let's try that. So she was not real excited, still depressed, still hadn't recovered from the nightly depressive episode. And I got home and I did it on her and in 45 minutes her depression was gone. And she felt a way that she said, I can't ever remember feeling like this, ever. It went away and the depression came back. Once she had done it for three weeks, it was gone and it has never been back since. And the 20th anniversary of that is coming up in about five or six days that she has not been depressed for what doctors said 
is the big bad bear of depression. It's genetic and she'll have it till the day she dies. We've also had people in all 50 states, 174 countries and counting come to us over the last 20 years with testimonials of everything healing probably that you could ever name. Every kind of cancer, heart disease, ALS, um, diabetes, depression, anxiety, um, autoimmune, um, you name it. Some would send us their CT scans, their MRIs, their blood work. Uh, I started working with a, a lot of ministers behind the scenes who were addicted to pornography or having affairs or addicted to something else, but were trying, you know, for that not to become public and not to um, demolish their ministry. Um, probably uh, easily worked with over a hundred um, ministers and board members for things like that and pretty much all of them have gotten better. Um, so I'd like to teach you that, um, at least the generic version. And it's going to seem a little weird because this would come in a, into a category that's called energy medicine. That's the fastest growing area, I'm told, in all of medicine. Includes things like acupuncture, okay? Um, also, a lot of things that go back to like 2,000 years ago, 3,000 years ago, 4,000 years ago, that have a track record of helping people without doing any harm, for the most part, at all. Um, and and completely natural and organic, okay? Um, so I'd like to teach you the general healing code and um, you can do this on this belief and also any of the individual things. Um, you can do them all at once. You can do them one at a time, uh, whatever you want to do. And I believe that what this simple little mechanism does is it goes and finds memories that are creating wrong beliefs and it nullifies the negative part of the memory. It nullifies the lie or untruth. It, null it, it neutralizes the lie they're believing. The therefore. It neutralizes the therefore. Like, because my dad hit me and said I'm never going to amount anything, I'm never going to amount anything. Well, when I healed that memory with the process I'm about to show you, um, I no longer thought I'm, I'm not going to amount anything because my dad said that. I thought, I can do whatever I want and whatever God wants me to do, that had nothing to do with me. That was all about my dad and his health. And I, I even gave me some positive stuff, gratitude, thankfulness um, of good times I had with my dad, that I'm not tied to that, that that is not the true true of me. Um, but anyway, it's very, very simple, okay? There's um, four healing centers, I call them. One is right here. I call it the bridge. It's where your eyebrows would grow together if they grew together. One is right here. I call it the Adam's apple. If you don't have an Adam's apple or are a lady and it's very small and hard to find, it's about two-thirds of the way up your throat. Uh, there's the what I call the jaw. It's the back bottom corner of the jawbone 
about the size of a silver dollar on both sides. The temple, which is right here in this area on both sides, okay? And you activate those healing centers with your fingertips, although not by touching, by holding your fingertips like they're little flashlights about an inch or two or three away from the healing center, okay? Uh, the Discovery Channel did a special years ago where they literally photograph the energy that is always coming out of your body and it comes out the very most at the tips of your fingers. Well, what we're doing is, is taking that energy that is usable energy, energy's never destroyed, it just changes forms, right? Ice, water, fire, wood, uh, no, I, I'm sorry, ice, water, steam, wood, fire, heat, okay, it just changes forms. So we're taking energy coming out of the body all the times, the way God made it to work, putting it back into the body for the body to use on these issues of the heart and wrong beliefs, okay? To neutralize that negative signal of a lie, untruth, or wrong therefore, okay? All right, so you would simply say a prayer from your heart before you start about whatever you're working on. I would rate it zero to 10, either the overall issue or a particular uh, part of the issue if you're just working on that part, or one of these if you're just working on one of these. But anyway, just say a simple prayer from your heart, and then you're going to, from about one to three inches away, you're going to point your fingertips at a healing center for 20 seconds at a time. So on the bridge, 20, about 20 seconds. You don't have to time it. You can if you want to. Or you can just count how many breaths do I take in 20 seconds. And if it's three, then count three breaths, breaths and then move to the next position. All right? So 20 seconds. And then to Adam's apple, 20 seconds. And then to jaw, 20 seconds. Temple, 20 seconds. And that is one complete round. Okay? And that took a minute and 20 seconds. 20 seconds, 40 seconds, 60 seconds, a minute and 20 seconds. Okay? So all you're going to do is keep rotating in that exact same way for six minutes. About six minutes. Okay? So 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20. Okay? Um, you can think about the issue you're working on and sort of watch it come down in intensity. I like to do that. Some people like hope it bothers them if they think about the problem. If that's true of you, think about what I call a love picture which is um, one of your favorite memories of your whole life. Or make up something, uh, laying in a hammock uh, on the beach in a perfect setting, or um, uh, sitting in a wonderful, comfortable chair by the side of a beautiful stream in the mountains, or, or whatever, Some, or, or just relax and, and think about nothing, okay? 
while you're doing this. But then the mechanic is 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20 for six minutes. All right. Then, and and the, the one other thing, while you're doing this, take slow, deep breaths from your stomach, not your chest. Chest breathing is stress breathing. Breathing from your diaphragm is very healthy and helps the process, okay? And that's it. That's all you do. 20, 20, 20 for six minutes, uh, thinking about something happy or focused on the problem, whatever works best for you, saying a prayer from your heart about God healing this, not you doing it by your willpower. That's the low road and will take you to failure, all right? Um, but God and the mechanisms God built into you healing, changing, and fixing these things, okay? Uh, so maybe at the end of six minutes, uh, this has gone down from minus nine to minus six. Maybe this one's gone down from minus seven to minus four. Maybe this one's minus eight to minus three, or... or you know, it'll be different every time. Make a note of that. Make a note of what it changed to. So when you come back to work on it again, you know both where it started and where it was after the first treatment. Now, another thing you can do, let's say this goes from a minus nine to a minus six, do another one immediately. And uh, so do two in a row. And then you're probably looking at not minus six, but minus three, okay? Do another one if you want, okay? You can, it's completely natural. There aren't any side effects. Now, if you start feeling a headache or something like that, then I would stop a while and let your body catch up, okay? But that's the mechanism I would use while you're praying and meditating over this every day, asking God and your heart to change it and heal it until you discover yourself with a different or tweaked belief toward love and truth. Okay, now some of you are thinking, with this thing, I'm absolutely out of my mind. I mean, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Where did this come from all of a sudden? Pointing your fingers somewhere. Is that new age or voodoo or no, 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 absolutely not. And, and even after the plane ride, I had to be positive in my own heart that this was scriptural or at least in harmony with scripture. And I absolutely do believe that. Um, scripture says that God made everything and made it very good and for us to use for good. Straight from Scripture. Okay? Well, does that... So, who made energy? God did, according to Scripture. Well, is it okay then for us to use energy to do stuff like this? If... if God made it, and he made it for your good. And scripture also says, if you use what God made for good, giving God the glory and the credit, you have sanctified it, which is, which is what I do every time I do one of these. 
okay, to give God thanks and the glory and the credit. Because the only reason this works is because God made it so. Okay, so does it really work? Or are those people all over the world who gave us testimonials just placeboed? No, it really works. Um, there have been five independent, clinical, double-blind, randomized, controlled studies on the healing codes, which is the, me the method I just taught you. All right? Um, all five, the results of all five was, were that the healing codes not only worked, they not only worked to a degree that would be called significance, but well beyond that to a degree you would call dramatic. Okay? Um, and all five of those studies were published in peer-reviewed journals, and you can find them all on our website, dralexanderloyd.com, and I would encourage you to go there and read them, because I believe when you will, it will increase your belief in the process, and the process will work even better. Okay? Um, those five studies, what they found is that the uh, healing codes are significantly effective for depression, for anxiety, for relationships, for people who have chronic illness like cancer and things like that, um, uh, for headaches, for, um, um, for women who are struggling with chronic stress, uh, there was about seven or eight different far-ranging issues that those five studies all analyzed, researched, and found the healing code made a dramatic difference every time. There's a couple of others that are being done right now. I believe those will come out similarly. I do have a process that is a little more powerful than the healing codes. Um, but the studies aren't out on that one yet. There's two going on right now at universities, but they're not out yet. So I wanted to wait on Trilogy till those are out and give you the ones that we know from double-blind university studies published in peer-reviewed journals absolutely work and work for the issues that we're talking about. Okay? So, I give that to you as a gift. Um, if it works and you want more, go to our website and there's all sorts of more powerful ways to do it than I just gave you. But what I gave you is where it started and the simplest way to do it. Okay? So I would do a combination of that every day on whatever your issue is and praying and meditating over your beliefs and all the beliefs related to that issue as well as these, these diagnostics up here too that God would heal them, change them, um, eliminate the lies, eliminate the sins of the fathers from your ancestry, um, your fears, etc. in order for you to move on to your best possible life on the high road in love, joy, pain, and peace. And higher and higher and higher 
in your life. Okay? So, this is the, at least the first, how to deal with it that I'm going to share with you in the New Jesus. Next week, I plan to go back and pick up on exactly how these beliefs work um, because there's so much more to that. And I think the more you understand it, the better it will work for you. But I had a number of people contact me and said, hey, um, you're, you're saying all this stuff, but I still don't know what to do specifically to start changing and healing this stuff. Can you please share some of that so that while you're, you know, teaching the, the theory, so to speak, we can be working practically on improving the problem. And I thought that made perfect sense, so that's why I did this this week. Okay? Uh, I hope and pray next week will be shorter, a lot shorter, but I wanted this to be as complete as it can be. Okay? So that's what I hope I've done, but, but keep the comments and questions um, coming. They're very, very valuable to me. And then next week, we'll take the next step about the all-important beliefs, how they work in us, things you don't, we don't tend to understand, uh, things that can malfunction, and we're like a frog in the kettle. We just get used to it being that way and boil up and boil and die without ever jumping out of the kettle. We think these things are normal, and so we just keep going on with them day after day after day, when if our computer was acting up that week, we wouldn't go a week without getting it fixed. But with some of this stuff in our life, we'll go our whole life and not even know anything needs to be fixed or not feel like we know how to fix it or have the energy or, or whatever. We're, we're going to address all of that in time. If you want to think about it this way, what I'm really talking about is do you want to be tricked? Do you want to cope with life? Or do you want to have positive change in your life? Okay? Real change. Which of those three do you want? That's your choice. Um, Satan is always out to trick us. He's the father of lies. Right? Okay? And he speaks to me in my voice. So I think it's me thinking or saying internally that when in reality, it's not. It's Satan trying to trick me into doing something uh, to keep me in that perpetual cycle of sin, guilt, shame, uh, pain, pleasure, sin, guilt, shame, pain, pleasure, sin, uh, and maybe confession and repentance in there too is part of the cycle, but then sin again, guilt, shame, you know, that that thing. Uh, that's the trick. Coping, that's what typically um, counseling does, is it teaches coping skills. Alright? I worked for a world-renowned psychologist and his go-to therapy for pretty much everybody was this. He would give him a rubber band and he would say, okay, when you start thinking about doing that negative thing, 
pop yourself on the wrist so that it hurts a lot. And every time you think about it, you've got to pop yourself so that it hurts a lot. And that's it. <laughs> uh, about 50% of the time, the people would come back and say it really worked. About 50% of the time, they would say it didn't really work. Of the 50% who said it really worked, about 90% of them over time would come back and say that it had stopped working. Well, why? Because it's not healing, it's coping. And that's what 98% of all counseling does is coping. And then on the other hand is real change, which only happens in the heart, the unconscious mind. The definition of that is you don't know what it is. And it's a million times more powerful than your conscious intention. So if your conscious intention and your heart disagree, which they do all the time, your heart wins. Okay? And that's why you uh, can't seem to live the life that you want to live. Or at least get to that highest level of your best life. Okay? So um, think about that this week. Do you want to be tricked all your life? Do you want to cope? Or you want real change? What I'm trying to talk about is real change.